Hello and good afternoon. I'm Scott Gentry from Brave New Coin and I'm with my old pal Norbert Gerke. How are you, Norbert? Very well, Scott. Thank you. I'm very excited about our guest today. Great. So am I. And we are here with Mr. So Saito of the So and Sato Law Firm. Good to see you, Mr. Saito. Yeah, good to see you. Before we get started, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about your background so that people know a little bit about yourself and So and Sato. Mm-hmm. My name is So Saito, uh, Tokyo-based lawyer uh, who specializes in crypto, blockchain, fintech, and other financial areas. I started my career at Nishimura Nasahi, the largest law firm in Japan. I was a partner of there, and I treated uh, securitization, fund, derivative, and other financial products. Five or six years ago, I met Bitcoin and fintech, and I felt that that was a very big chance for me, so I decided to establish my own farm, and I established my own farm four years ago. Uh, since then, I specialize in blockchain and fintech and, start, and startups. My firm, So and Sato, currently has seven lawyers. All of them specialize in uh, fintech, blockchain, startups, uh, including uh, startup mandates and startup advice on all legal matters on uh, startups. You're probably getting a lot of inquiries for setting up companies, providing general fintech advice. But what about STOs in particular and some regulatory guidance in general? Where's the bulk of your time spent now? STO and stablecoin are big topics now in Japan. Uh, Of course, we have some other uh, clients who want to do other things such as crowd lending, robot advisors and other things. But uh, for foreigners, I think that Especially for foreigners, ICO, ICO, and stable coins are a big topic. So we have a lot of client, potential clients come to us that uh, they want to do STO issuance or ICO issuance in Japan. Actually, the situation of STO, uh, in STO and ICO in Japan is not so good. It's not so good because of the regulatory environment or the expertise in the marketplace? Uh, because of the regula- regulatory reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan had a huge, huge hacking incident in 2018, January 2018, a coin check hacking incident. Before that, Japanese regulation towards crypto was a friendly one, but because there was uh, huge hacking, the FSS uh, regulation becomes quite strict. Uh, after 2018, there has been no legal ICO and STO in Japan because of the harsh regulation. And do you see this changing? Do you see uh, sort of whether it's legislation or changes in the regulatory environment? Do you see some of this changing over the next six months to one year? Yes, both of I, the situation of both of ICO and STO will change. You know, uh, with respect to ICO, the self-regulatory authority, Japan Virtual Currency Exchange Association, JVCEA, will enact self-regulation uh, of ICOs 
And it said that if we obey the self-regulation, that the self-regulation,、uh, we can sell ICRs to Japanese public. The、uh, self-regulation is a little bit tough,、uh, tough one. So it said that at the first, the big companies, only big companies can issue ICRs. So the concept of ICO is that startup can issue、uh, talk, can sell tokens freely to public without strict regulation. So at first, self-regulation of J,、uh, JVCEA is a little bit tough one. So it might be not the same to the concept of the, the not the same to the original concept of ICO, but if the big company's ICO succeed, will succeed, I expect that startups can issue, can issue and sell ICOs to、uh, Japanese residents. And with respect to STOs, that Japanese government, the financial instrument and exchange law is an amendment of the financial instrument and exchange law.、Uh, it's called FIEA, FIER,、uh, was passed in this May, and the amendment of the FIER will allow STR to be issued from next April. So I think after that,、uh, we can issue、so、STRs to general public or private placement, sales to small number investors or sales to institutional investors.、Uh, we say that qualified institutional investors. Which means like a level one or a level two license company is going to be doing the issuing.、Uh, uh, ty- type one or type two? Type one, yeah. So a type one, type two, com-、uh, t- a type one licensed company in particular would be organizing the STO and the issuance. Oh, yeah. And then the secondary market, the type、yeah. two companies would be, would be launching. But taking off, you, you mentioned the JVCEA, the Japan Virtual Currency Exchange Association. My understanding also is that it's going to be the SRO for the utility exchanges. With the arrival of the STO market, do you see that there's going to be a separate SRO that's going to, be, that's going to have to spring up to? Uh, to run the STO exchanges, or is that going to be still the JVCEA?、Uh, it's not、uh, determined yet. I heard that JVCEA is hoping to become SRO of STO, but the STO will be regulated by the FIA, so JVCEA is an organization for virtual currency.、Uh, Payment Service Act.、Mm-hmm. So, FIA and Payment Service Act is different regulation. And we already have Japan Securities Dealers Association as a self regulatory organization、mm-hmm. of、uh, securities.、Mm-hmm. So, there is a chance that Japan Securities Dealers Association will become a self regulatory organization of STO. And also,、uh, I've heard that、uh, some net internet security companies are forming SRO for STO. So there might be a possibility that the new <coughs> organization established by、uh, internet security exchanges will become SRO of STOs.
Well, that was my curiosity because it would seem that the natural sort of default SRO would be the JASD. But there seems to be this rivalry going on now. Uh, you've got one side of the market that thinks that they understand the whole crypto and digital asset market versus the other side of the market that understands traditional finance. And for now, these two markets still are not communicating with each other in a vernacular that they understand. From a KVCE perspective or from the 19 regulated cryptocurrency exchanges perspective, if they wanted to go into the STO game based on what you two just said, that would imply that on a current understanding, they would need to get a type one broker-dealer license, yeah, basically, broker which would be an additional license. You yeah. can't do this yeah. under the current regime. Yeah. Yeah, it's additional license. Yeah. And do you see anybody stepping up to fill that role? I have thought Normal and Daiwa have interest on STLs, but uh, still not so big interest. So I, I mean, big, big security giant uh, have, of course, have some interest on uh, crypto, but you know they are quite big, so uh, they wonder whether uh, the market of STO is big or not. So and they are comparing to small startups. Of course, their movement is always slow. So I've heard that big internet security dealers. I mean, for example, SBI has big interest on STO. I think. It will one of the party who leaves the market, and others, uh, for example, there are startups, crypto startups, which are having cooperation with foreign organizations such as uh, Tether or Securitize. Or they're, they're in, U- in the US, there are already some still specialized companies, so they are. Uh, trying to find partners in Japan, and so I think uh, some of uh, startups in Japan or some of uh, big companies in Japan might have cooperation with uh, US uh, STO companies and will lead the market in Japan. We have, obviously, as you mentioned, SBI. We have three companies, I think, right, that are positioned on both sides with the traditional internet broker dealer and then the, the cryptocurrency exchange. So it's SBI with SBI Securities and Virtual Currencies, Rakuten with Rakuten ah, yes. Securities and now the, the Minano Bitcoin that they acquired, Monex, which ah, yes. acquired CoinCheck. So they play kind of both sides of yes, the, yes. The, the game. D- DMM. Mm. DMM is a famous for FX, uh, Securities FX. So. You get a lot of access, uh, or you get a lot of people looking uh, to contact your law firm uh, regarding STOs, or you have an interest in STOs. What is the general nature of that? The general nature of uh, inquiry of stablecoin is that, of course, they want to issue, let Japanese crypto exchanges to treat uh, stablecoins. Uh, in foreign countries, there are number of uh, stable coins traded in big crypto exchanges but in japan uh, only one stable coin is listed uh, it's named then that but it's a experiment a coin for experiment and uh, not used 
uh, widely yet uh, comparing to USD Tether or MakerDAO or True uh, so, True so those True USD True, true USD, USD yeah. and of course uh, Libra Libra is not issued yet but we expect that Libra will become uh, huge coins so uh, yesterday uh, we Tokyo FinTech Meetup had yeah, MakerDAO yeah, event of MakerDAO so some of stablecoin products have come to Japan and talking with Japanese exchanges and whether they can let exchanges list stablecoins and we are helping those kinds of projects uh, for issuers of stablecoin issuers as well as uh, sometimes uh, exchanges which are considering to uh, list stablecoins. From a lead person's perspective now, they're the, the big banks who are issuing kind of the digital version of the yen, right? The yeah. MUFG coin and Mizuho is it J coin? J J coin. Yeah. So what is kind of from a regulatory perspective the separation or is it is it the same as a stablecoin under Japanese law? Where's the difference? Some of the st- some of stable coins are same to bank coins. Under the Japanese law, stable coins can be issued three ways. Uh, the first is virtual currency. The second is money order, and the third is prepaid payment method. And the difference between virtual currency and money order <coughs> is that virtual currency does not include so-called currency-denominated asset. And currency-denominated asset is that asset which is represented by fiat, for example, N or USD or uh, Euro, and or promised to redeem by fiat currency, stable fiat currency. So. I think that, for example, Tether is denominated in USD. USD Tether is denominated in USD, and Tether company promised to redeem USD Tether. One Tether equals one USD. So I think that it's a money order. And uh, in order to issue money order, uh, they need to have a bank license or fund transfer agent license. Uh, if the transfer is less than 1 million JPY. So, so stable coin, it can be issued as money order. So, uh, j- bank coin is a kind of money order. Mm. Bank has, of course, banking license. So they can issue stable coins as a money order. Of course, they need to obey many, many detailed regulations, but anyway, they can issue stable coins. And virtual currency, so if the coin does not fall the definition of currency-denominated asset, it's usually deemed as a virtual currency. And in order to issue virtual currency, they don't need to have a banking license, but they need to have a virtual currency exchange license, and they need to file the coin to the FSA. It's also tough, but comparing to bank license to take the virtual currency exchange license is, of course, easier. And for example, MakerDAO, uh, it's a, it's a soft pegged to USD. It's collateralized by Ether. MakerDAO Corporation uh, does not promise to repay one USD MakerDAO equals 
one US uh, one USD. In such case, it's not currently denominated asset. So it's uh, I think it's a deem it's de it will be deemed as virtual currency. It's different from bank coins. Well, you know, I'm thinking of the if there's a historical precedent for trying to create this sort of artificial peg. And the one I can think of, and I hope I don't bore people with this, is in, I think it was in 1984 when, when Margaret Thatcher was having their, there was all these discussions going on about the repatriation of Hong Kong and the return of the territories to the Chinese. And you had the Hong Kong dollar because of there was some, some uncertainty going on uh, uh, in the marketplace about what was going to happen. You had the Hong Kong dollar that was just flapping around. It was, uh, again, Maggie was, was, was kind of wondering what to do. And you had people in Hong Kong who were going nuts because their currency was up and down one day and going, and going nuts. And so she, uh, it was a guy named Sir Alan Walters who was in her, uh, in her cabinet, not as an elected member of parliament, but one of her financial advisors. And he basically sorted out the Hong Kong dollar peg with her, and it uh, and organized it to be something in the neighborhood of seven point seven four, seven point seven eight, and it just created this massive calm amongst the markets from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. So, and that's uh, I'm just wondering how close of uh, of a precedent that is here because you know, you talk about a soft peg. I mean that was absolutely a hard peg, and it held for. Uh, uh, is it still in place? Yes. Yeah, yeah. still still in place. Yeah. Okay, so I, I've been a Hong Kong for a while. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's some precedent that some of these stable coin makers are, uh, as in MakerDAO, are trying to put together to to mimic some side of type of stability, the hard peg with the dollar, soft peg against the, the virtual side. I mean, that differentiation with the bank coins versus the stable coins, I think, was very valuable. So we, we mentioned Libra, of course. So most of the discussion, much of the regulatory discussion, of course, seems to have been US-focused with hearing in, in the House. If they were to launch it and clearly have a global ambition. I think the foundation is in Switzerland now for reasons that seem to be changing once in a while. What would it take to bring Libra to Japan? Uh, of course they need to obey uh, regulations and uh, whether the Libra is deemed as virtual currency or bank coin is uh, not yet determined. Uh, you know, Libra is backed by uh, several currencies. We don't know what currencies uh, now, but pro maybe uh, probably USD, Euro, Japanese, uh, British pounds, and other currencies, and uh, and also backed by short-term national bonds. And I think that if the backed short-term national bond price of short-term short-term national bonds decrease, the price of Libra will decrease. So I think that, as a lawyer, I think that uh, Libra is not a currency-denominated asset in Japan. So I think it's a virtual <coughs> currency. But I've heard the rumor that the Japanese FSA thinks that Libra will probably be become as a money order. They need to check the facts of 
Libra, that the possibility is that the Libra is not virtual currency.、Mm-hmm. So, if it's correct that、uh, if the Libra is banking coin,、uh, bank coin, they need to have a bank license in Japan. So, it's tough. And also, the Japanese government, I also heard that it might be better to make a new regulation applicable to Libra or Stable coins. So, current regulation of virtual currency and current、uh, banking regulation does not fit to Libra. So, of course, Libra is a big project. So, so, it might be better to make a new regulation. Both Ministry of Finance and Bank of Japan and other entities, other Japanese governmental officials, have. Committees which are talking about Libra, they, maybe they will publish new regulation and they will require Libra to obey privacy, privacy law, AML law. You know, I've been following Libra a little bit and I've got some basic problems with it. One is that it's Facebook back,、uh, I think, are good news for that. And,、um, well, a few things. One, I, I think it's done a great job of. of Introducing the idea of crypto and digital assets to the global market.、Uh, just the announcement of that was great.、Uh, I also thought it was quite funny that Donald Trump slapped down Zuckerberg and said, if Facebook wants to be a, a bank or have a currency or issue a currency, they need to go through the regulations just like anybody and get a, and, and get a license. And then overnight, we heard that the Department, or,、uh, the Department of Justice is、uh, bringing it up on antitrust、um, issues. So, how is all that going to? It, it's a bit of a mouthful for Facebook to digest in one go. There's anti Facebook sort of view out there in the world.、Uh, the president is against them, and now the DOJ is, is potentially suing them. How do you think that will affect? Uh, the rollout of Libra and Calibra? I expected that there would be those kinds of,、uh, not punishment, but、uh, how to say, hostile reaction from some、uh, of governments. And so, and,、uh, but also, I've heard that there was a statement from financial regulators、uh, that Libra has a Great possibility, and if we will ban Libra,、uh, Libra will go to another country and foster、uh, innovation. So, of course, the,、uh, some of the regulators will have big concern, but if Uh, I think that Libra can explain that their position to the uh, regulator's uh, concern. So I think that uh, the uh, Facebook and Silicon Valley h a s strong power and st-、uh, good uh, lawyers, and so I think they can resolve the problem. And they, I think they can issue Libra. That's what Microsoft thought too in about 1995, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's no fun getting sued by the Justice Department. Yeah.、Uh, and you, you can't, I mean, you can run away from US regulation, but you're also giving up the US market, right? As、mm. Binance has found out now, too, that they finally kind of want to get onshore in the US and kind of changing, changing their approach. So,、mm. 
be interesting to watch. I wanted to go back once to your your comment about the the FSA. Do you think there will be a globally unified response? So whatever Japan does with regard to Libra will be coordinated under, let's say, the G20 umbrella? Or is it something that Japan will have its own position independent of anybody else? It's highly speculative, of course, but it would be interesting kind of to get your view on that. Uh, All G7 and G20 countries have uh, interest on Libras and they are forming committee uh, on uh, for discussing Libra. Of course, Japanese government will see how other countries respond to Libra. And so, of course, there was over the last couple of days where also the news came out that Japan will lead the way for SWIFT for crypto, I think it was called in the headlines, right? Does it inherently make sense, a SWIFT for crypto? Well, I, um, I know from some of the contacts that I've been speaking to in the industry, there is, a, there is this interest in seeing if someone can displace SWIFT uh, and using the, the digital asset market to, to do so. Uh, not at liberty to discuss who that might be, though. Uh, but there is um, that, that conversation is well underway, and um, it'll be interesting to see what, see what happens. Is there, is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to cover? Uh, Japanese crypto new regulation. Japan enacted crypto regulation on 2017, but we will revise the regulation and from next April. When the current uh, virtual currency regulation was enacted, uh, the market was very small, uh, so the current regulation uh, to the crypto is uh, kind of innovation friendly, uh, startup friendly, but the market becomes quite big and we had a, a big hacking incident, so, so the government decided to amend the regulation. From next April, for example, the exchange are required to keep crypto in cold wallet. And the definition of cold wallet and hot wallet is not yet determined. Isn't, isn't one connected and the other yeah. one isn't? <laughs> crypto cust- uh, custody provider is also regulated by the new regulation. So, and, uh, anyway, uh, every country, uh, the FATOF requires every country to make a new regulation on crypto, crypto okay. exchanges. So uh, they are, I think they are, all of them are regulated by uh, new laws. Um, especially on kind of the custody side, in the traditional capital markets, the trust banks, of course, play a big role here in Japan. Is the regulation for virtual currencies that's changing, is that seeing a role for the trust banks in the custody space? Regulation on trust company is not so strict one. Regulation on trust bank is strict, but regulation on trust company is not so strict. I think that regulation on virtual currency custody will become stricter than trust company regulation. So 
I think that the FSA will require trust company or trust banks which will uh, treat virtual currency, obey uh, similar regulation to virtual currency custody, for example, keeping assets in, hot, uh, in cold wallet or uh, some kinds of cyber, te- cyber security protection or AML protection or something like that. When you look at Hong Kong and, and Singapore, both markets have announced and Hong Kong actually given out virtual banking licenses. And it feels like when we, we talk about kind of the the big Japanese banks that are still very paper-heavy and, and branch-heavy, that an in- injection of competition here in terms of really a, a digital bank would be very helpful too. And maybe that's kind of what LINE does with Mizuho in the second half of, of this year. But in, in everything, the conversations that you have, do you see anybody talking about pure digital banking licenses for the Japanese market? Bank is directory regulated of course in Japan. It takes a lot of time for banks to enter into new innovative areas. So uh, I expect that, I hope that uh, there will be uh, an innovative banks, uh, but uh, I've never heard that there is those kind of banks. Maybe that will take another year or two to land in Japan as well. So, Mr. Saito, it's been very good to talk to you today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Norbert, we'll have to well, look forward to speaking to you again very soon. 